Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Everything that kills me makes me feel alive. One o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Interesting music choice because Cody and I were talking during the break and the text line was saying they don't want to fall asleep during the flight a lot of you it's interesting a lot of you said you want to be awake if the plane goes down and i i one, <laughs> that's a weird no, reason I, not to I, wear headphones I, 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 yeah i wouldn't want to be awake i also think you would wake up if everybody was screaming and the flight was going down don't you think yeah, I think I'd wake up pretty quick if I don't think I don't care how deep of a sleep you're in. I don't care if you took two Ambien. I'm still pretty sure you're gonna wake up to the so. plane going down. I, I would I would think so. It's yeah. also just like the notion that like I gotta be alert at all times. What are you, an air marshal? No, just I sit in the emergency <laughs> exit row and I wear noise canceling headphones. I'm not trying to I don't think so. I'd have been useless in that door plug situation, I guess. Well, there was nothing for anybody to do other than make That's sure your seatbelt's on. We discussed that. Like, if you're in the exit row now more than ever, you might want to make sure you do keep the seatbelt on just in case. Yeah, I'm going to occasionally take the seatbelt off. Guy. Someone says, awesome topic, guys. My fiance's on a plane. Look, I mean, we have supposed to know everybody that's on a plane currently. I apologize, I guess. Also, plane crashes are super Don't, uncommon. Don't, stop, stop. What? Stop. Just said they're not that common. That's all. Stop. This man's like, I'm turning you stop. off now. <laughs> stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, if you were on a plane listening through the Odyssey app, I get I get a little bit different feeling. I I'd understand that a little bit. Yeah, I think that is. Uh... During the during the break, though, there was a little bit of news uh, around the NFL, and reports are that the Chicago Bears, who are keeping their head coach, they're obviously going to have a new staff, though, around him, and that Cliff Kingsbury, yes, the former head coach with the Arizona Cardinals, who's been just taking, you know, just chilling, taking some time off, right? He was an OC for and, USC this year. And it was an OC, though, and guess who's the quarterback there? Caleb Williams. Uh-huh. And guess who might be the number one pick? Uh, Caleb, and who guess, has a number one pick? And guess who has a number one pick? The Chicago Bears. That Cliff Kingsbury is interviewing with the Chicago Bears for their OC job. Okay, so this is the most clear indicator ever that they're serious about Caleb Williams possibly going number one to the Bears. But also, like, you might just do this for a little recon. Ask ask him about, like, how he'd handle yeah. Caleb Williams, how he'd handle Justin Fields, what he thinks about the talent between the two of them in seeing the job, right? Also, it's a bit funny because this is the year that people started to question Caleb Williams. Like this was the worst year of his college career that Cliff Kingsbury was the OC. So is that not a a problem or is that just like happenstance? I mean, look, if you told me Chicago drafted Caleb Williams and then you wanted to have a former head coach, I mean, for all the knock on Cliff as a head coach, as an OC, I think he's great. 
I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. And I know things in US, at USC this year as a whole didn't go the way they wanted, as you were saying. Like, yeah. Kayla Williams, though, with Cliff in Chicago, I think that works as the OC. I still think they should have fired Matt Eberflus. I think that's a mistake. Just keep not to make Cliff the head coach, but just they should have hired like, you know, fire Eberflus, hire Mike Vrabel to be your head coach and then go worry about the offense somewhere else. Thinking of Vrabel, there's a report now that Vrabel's in L.A. today. This from Tom Pelissero interviewing for the Chargers job. God, I uh, it's the first known really interview, coach. first known interview for Vrabel. We know the Chargers have interviewed now. We're about to interview Vrabel and they've interviewed uh, Harbaugh. So, look, if this is just a fact-finding mission, good. If you're actually interested in them, fine. Because you should. By the way, they. I've thought more about it. I think I was kind of on the fence for a little bit. They should just draft Caleb Williams. Like, I'm not saying Justin Trade Fields. Trade Fields, man. Trade Fields and draft Caleb Williams. That's the play. I was on the fence for a little bit because I've seen some real talent in Justin Fields, and most of the reports suggest that the maximum offer that they could get for Fields is a couple of seconds maybe a fourth or a fifth. That seems like a good ratio to me. You get Caleb Williams. You have another top 10 pick. You pick up a couple of extra seconds. You use those to load, trade back up. Yeah, you load up. You load up with Caleb Williams. You give Ibraflus one shot to show he can make it work with a different quarterback. If he can't, then you get the Ben Johnson of that year, or you get the experienced NFL head coach, and you go that way. Yeah. Chicago's been too bad. They're like the Chiefs. They've been too bad at quarterback for too damn long to just be like, maybe it'll work with Justin Fields. No. The Bear, the, the Packers have had three franchise quarterbacks since you've had one. Yeah, I think Fields has a chance to still be a starter for a very long time in this league. Yeah. Uh, but but let the Falcons, let's say, trade a second-round pick, and they, they can deal with him. Because let's, let's remember – Fields is going to require a new contract if you keep him in Chicago. He has one year left, but you just usually you give the contract early in that scenario. Yes. And I just can't imagine being Ryan Poles, the GM. I've said this a couple times. Like You get two chances with the number one overall pick, and you're not going to draft a quarterback in either year. You're going to keep the quarterback. You didn't and last year, you missed out on yeah. C.J. Stroud. You, you, you didn't draft C.J. Stroud last year, and then this year you're going to pass up Caleb Williams to keep the guy at quarterback that you didn't even draft? Like that just doesn't seem smart. So I'm with you. You, you go ahead and, and draft Caleb Williams and, and see what happens. That's it. I mean, I just, I was on the fence. I really was because Justin Fields again does show some talent and I don't think his head coaching has been all that good. And he made, you know, like DJ Moore made him better. They got better, but I, I don't think Fields is awful. He's just to me, not the guy that you're not drafting number one overall for, you know what I mean? Like if you have feels like the floor it, for it, Caleb Williams would be what you already have in Justin Fields. So why wouldn't you aim for a higher ceiling? If you had CJ Stroud in your system or Trevor Lawrence, even or Herbert. Yeah. I'm not, and I had the number one overall pick. Yeah. I'm probably trading that pick. Yeah. You don't have that guy. You, you have Fields. Who's the 17th best quarterback 20th. If we're being generous. And if things go well this year becomes the ninth. I'll take the chance on Caleb Williams. So He's I, just as likely to become the ninth, in my opinion. I got a question for you, uh, Gold, specifically then. You're saying, okay, he has the number one pick. So say yeah. they didn't make the trade with the Panthers. They don't have the number one pick this year. Do you still draft a quarterback then in your normal, I think they're in the eighth spot with their regular pick? So you're saying if the Bears did not have the number one pick this year. Right, because of the Panthers. Eight, what would I do? Yeah, right. What would I would do? try to trade up, most likely. Or in that scenario, you probably do keep Fields. It's okay. Different. You, yeah. have the num- you have the number one overall pick. Again, I, I think you can't. For the second, I, honestly, I don't year. know. Someone would have to do a deeper dive. Has there ever been a GM that had back-to-back years with the number one overall pick and didn't actually take the franchise quarterback? And kept a quarterback that he didn't even draft. I mean, honestly, I don't I mean, think how the hell do you keep I, in the number one overall pick? I don't know? think this scenario even exists other than now. 
I think it's also important to look at, like, just look at this year's playoff as an example. All right, where were all these guys taken? Well, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were top 10 picks. C.J. Stroud was the number two overall pick. Jared Goff was the number one overall pick. Baker Mayfield, what was he, number one, too? Was he number one overall? Was he just a first-rounder? I don't remember exactly where he went in that draft. Who, Baker? Yeah. Uh, Number one, right? I thought he was number one. He was first. Yeah, number one overall. Jordan Love was a first-round pick. I mean, it's not... Like, I get it. Jordan Love and Lamar Jackson were towards the bottom of the first round. Everyone else was a top 10 pick, and multiple were in the top two. Like, where do you think these quarterbacks who win playoff games come from? Like, it's not, you know, like, you got to take, like, especially, like you said, if you continuously draft in that position, that's when you keep taking the swings. Keep taking the swings if you're there, because you're obviously not getting anywhere with your other You've had that quarterback, and for each of the last two years, the result has been you have the number one overall pick. I understand that it's different. Fields didn't make you the number one overall pick this year, but you're there again. I don't know what to tell you. By Because you traded away the right player, you're there again. I just, don't know, you, I just don't know how you keep the head coach either. Like, yeah, that's, I wouldn't do that either. Like, you're going to get rid of the entire offensive staff. Okay, but you're you're doing that. Someone mentions Purdy. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant. So the one – I mean, they're like, that's not the formula. Also, there's always one exception to the rule. This is a perfect example of that. Not, that's not the. That's right. not the. Just formula. draft Tom Brady in the sixth round, and then problem Everything solved. Everything will be good. You can just wait till the sixth round and, and draft your guy. You'll find him eventually. You can get fired in a year. It's always just funny too, because like you go back and you're like, in a redraft, Patrick Mahomes isn't going tenth. Like you redrafted the whole league. Yeah. Quarterbacks would be the first twenty picks. So the two the two examples people want to give is Brock Purdy in the seventh round, Brady in the sixth. So the two quarterbacks, and someone wants to do the research. How many quarterbacks have been drafted in the last twenty five years? And you want to cite me two yeah. that weren't drafted in the first round that have worked out. Okay. The problem is, is that Tom Brady because you'd be like, well, there's just as many Super Bowls not won by first round quarterback. Like, man, Tom Brady's really throwing that number off. Another one that wasn't a first round draft pick that's had great success in the regular season but can't get over the playoff hump, Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Third round's also different than seventh round. I mean, we can just keep going. I mean, like, it's just yeah, it's that's, just, well, yeah, it, that's a huge difference. But <laughs> you got a shot at finding something in the second or third. Um, you're going after that. You're you're throwing. But it, oh, I mean, Hail Marys. Not if, Hail Marys, if your mindset as a GM is that we don't need one in the first round, we'll just find one in the sixth round. Yeah, you're getting one. You probably never a GM in the league. You wouldn't have made it to that point with that thought process. But um, yeah, it wouldn't work very long. All the guys we talk says, about. what quarterback outside of Mahomes are we pulling for the most to get a ring? If you said you can't say Mahomes this year, the, wait, oh, hold on. this year, or this year in the okay. Um, that's I'm left? assuming the question they're saying is this year. Uh, if you told me the Chiefs got eliminated on Sunday, I would probably be rooting for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's probably up. Who else for you? I think Lamar would be my answer. If the Chiefs were in love, it's like sticking it to Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Which oh, is kind of fun. you okay? Come on. It is a little. I like... was going to go Jared Goff. Oh, someone <laughs> says J- they're saying just, you know, in what? General. Jared yeah. Goff is way up there. That man got ditched by his own team in Detroit. Jared Goff might be the answer. Really? Like, I don't if feel- I'm not rooting for the Chiefs, go go Detroit. Go Lions. Yeah. I cheer for loser franchises. You know why? I mean, I'm Kansas- talking about the individual quarterback, though. I'm not talking about the team. He got ditched. I'm talking about the individual quarterback. He got quarterback. dumped by the his team, was- and then they went out and won <laughs> the, a Super the, Bowl. The, the question him. was about the individual quarterback, not the team, not the yeah. head coach. He was like, based on quarterback, Lamar Jackson's going to have two MVPs. And so, like, do I? If you tell me that Mahomes got eliminated this weekend, yeah, I would probably root for Lamar to get a ring. I'm not rooting for anyone in the AFC. I like, I like Patrick Mahomes keeping him them under his thumb. 
just holding over oh, so the crown of nobody so has a title on that So side. you're just threatened by Lamar is what it is. <laughs> I'm not threatened by anyone when you got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so if we're taking teams out of the consideration, I would honestly maybe say Baker. That'd be kind of... Well, that, that would be, be the funniest. Nuts. That, that would be, be a wild quote. No. That would be a wild story. Baker is uh, the yeah. most fun one by far, right? Yeah. Baker yeah. is the most hilarious one to be like, we, we joke about like Trent Dilfer getting a Super Bowl ring or even like Flacco or some of yeah, these like weirder <laughs> ones. Baker would be like the least likely former number one overall pick <laughs> yeah. to win a Super Bowl ever. You'd be like, you? Well, Baker, Baker how? Well, it'd be funny too because Baker, the year after Tom Brady retires, the Bucks went back there again. Like, man, what the hell is going on with the Bucks? How the, what? The Bucks, you know, acquired Tom Brady. They went one immediately. And then two years later, they went it again. And it's with Baker Mayfield. You're like, what the heck is going on? It's about a franchise that just, without having to draft and develop a franchise quarterback, has found a way to win two rings in a four-year period. That would, like, that's never happened. And, and, and Baker wasn't sense. even there with Tom Brady. So he's like, yeah. oh, I didn't learn from Tom. I just came over. He's like, who's the team yeah. competing for the Super Bowl times with the Chiefs? The Bucks. <laughs> they had a forty-five-year-old Tom Brady. Don't worry, Baker the Bucks Mayfield. aren't the Bucks aren't getting to the Super Bowl even. But yeah, that would be that'd be a funny one. I think Lions is probably my answer, just because. And I know that it's hard, like you're just you saying just quarterback golf. versus just golf. Yeah, but it's uh, God Baker is the most funny for sure. Who Baker's would you the, who the would the you least like then? Flip it, least like out of, if Mahomes got eliminated. What quarterback would you least like to see win one this year? Oh man, Brock Purdy. Nah, I mean I heard nothing against Brock Purdy. <laughs> Allen, probably. It's Josh Allen. It is. Okay, I didn't want to be I was rude. trying to decide it's if it Josh wasn't. Allen. I was trying to Let's decide if there was a different it's, answer. It's, it's Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. It's Josh yeah. Allen, of it, course. Okay, if Joe Burrow was in there with Josh Allen, who would you want to win out of those two? Josh Allen. Okay. I don't like Joe Burrow. Okay, all right. I was just making sure we're on the same boat <laughs> here. Arrogant. Joe Burrow's yeah. last. Arrogant. Joe Burrow is so... If you maybe before this season rank out the 32 teams in which I want to win the Super Bowl in order... Cincinnati actually the, 32. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually mind Josh Allen. So between the two, uh, Joe Burrow's the easy. Okay. See, someone says Stroud. No, no, no. I'm not looking to open that pen. I don't want the first rookie quarterback ever to win no, a Super No, for Bowl. not win one, I think, oh, is what they're, they're answering now. They're saying oh, they don't maybe. want Stroud to win one. That one's because scary. They, is that one scary? Because you'd say rookie year, you want to ring and be like, uh-oh. And nobody else has uh-oh. ever done that? Yeah, I'd start <laughs> to panic a little. And they've got like a million. They've got... Four hundred million dollars in cap space. Yeah. And no. Yeah. I don't. I don't think, I think that's fair. That I think, but again, that, that's a legacy. You're worried about legacy at that point. You're like, uh oh, wait what a second. What if it were the Raiders to win the Super Bowl or the Bengals? Are the Bengals dead last? Are they still below teams you hated? As oh, a I kid? don't want the Raiders to ever win anything. <laughs> yeah. Screw <laughs> the Raiders. Yeah. 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 Broncos yeah. are thirty-one. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the division. No. The first. Ra- yeah. The Raiders. Uh, yeah. No. 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 The Raiders don't need to ever win anything. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's why I told you we've had a conversation about young college quarterbacks, and I'm like, I like, you know, like I like Michael Penix Jr. And I'm like, I don't want the Broncos to draft him because then I'm going to have to root for this kid to fail. I, I like Michael Penix Jr. Don't go to the Broncos. Don't get drafted by the Broncos. It was nice for you once Drew Locke got back to Seattle. Then you'd be like, good, local kid, have success. <laughs> exactly Versus how I felt. The, exactly how I felt. The Broncos quarterback, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know. This is a tough spot. I wasn't anticipating answering this question today. Normally, it's who do you think is most likely to win? All of a sudden, we're like, who do you don't want? <laughs> yeah. Who are you rooting against or who are you rooting for? Let's be honest. There's always the somebody you're rooting against deep down. You're always like, I don't want that dude getting there. Oh, dude, every year in baseball, we get back to the postseason. I'm like, anyone but the stupid Dodgers or Yankees mm-hmm. or, you know, or well, White Sox. Uh, the Dodgers, I mean, uh, that'll be an easy one this year. Yeah, I just. They'll find a way to f- fail. They'll find oh, a way. I don't know. Win 130 games and lose in the second round. We can hope. That's that's the way I hope it goes. They're never going to miss the playoffs. No, that seems way too no, good for that. No, no. I mean, honestly, there's like just no way. 
They've way they have three, four MVPs in the lineup, three in the lineup. Plus, like I mean, just it's, it's insane. They have like seven hitters who would hit three for the Royals. Yes, like, I mean, it just I think they're three. To, like, their is there like hole hitter before two, three, you find? I think they're two, three, four, five hitters. They either have two or three MVPs combined yes. or something. It's it's Mookie's out here in six for that team. No chance. Ridiculous. No chance. This is just a ridiculous team. Coming up in ten minutes, we'll. Uh, have our conversation with Danon Hughes if you missed that former Chiefs wide receiver. He played in Buffalo back in 1994, so we'll get his perspective on uh, that atmosphere. And does he think between Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, it was, it was a question that that you and I were going over before, and you asked Danon about it. Like Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, who's more important to the team and all that? Like, yeah, Travis Kelsey is still the answer to that. Sure, but Rasheed Rice is right behind him now offensively. It's not even close, and the fact that he's narrowed the gap tells you everything you need to know about what Rasheed Rice has been able to do. Yeah, I'm not willing to, because the initial question I had was, has he passed him? And I think the answer to that has still got to be no from an important standpoint. Yeah, no way. Because Travis Kelsey is the cog that makes the engine go from the receiver standpoint. He just is. Um, he's the one who helps get Rasheed Rice open. He's the one who drags defenders, everyone with him on the field. And when Travis Kelsey's right, he's an equally big statistical performer as Rasheed Rice has been over a short time period in this case. But the fact he's closed the gap tells you a lot about where they are offensively. It's also the most confident I've been in the offense because they've accepted what we accepted two months ago. There are only three players on offense who need to touch the football. Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice. What's impressed me about Rice is how much he's closed that gap. Since the Buffalo game, the first time they've faced, he's averaging 95 yards and a touchdown a game. He's been a number one wide receiver. Gold, you pointed out the numbers earlier in the show. Yeah, he's, he is. He's averaging out like any other number one wide receiver. He's like Devontae Adams in the last six weeks. It's nuts. Since week 14, Rice has averaged 9.2 targets. Week 14, that's the Bills, the first time yeah. they played. 9.2 targets. That's 20, 27% of all targets. 56 air yards, which is 29% per contest. So it's increased. And then on the flip side, what, what is kind of interesting is for Travis Kelsey, he just had his biggest target share that he's had since week seven. I know he had a couple drops, but 31% was Kelsey's target share. That's more than he's had since week seven. That was a long time ago. And weird. The offense did what? Worked incredibly well. Look, it's not, it wasn't a perfect offense. They aren't that anymore. That might've been as close to as perfect as this offense is. Would you agree to that? Yeah, still the red zone issues, but but overall, 400, 400 plus yards of offense. Seven scoring drives or six yeah. scoring drives. I mean, I'm not, I understand that there were some field goals in there, but they didn't turn it over in the red zone. Still got points every time. Harrison Butker was perfect. They punched it in a couple of times and they won a game by what, 19? What was the final score? What did they end up winning that game they by? They won by 19. Yeah, won yeah. by 19 points. I mean, that's pretty close to as good of an, of an overall performance as you can get. I'm surprised Rasheed Rice has gotten this close. I know Andy got asked about Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. You could argue Rasheed Rice's rookie season is better than both of those guys. From a statistical standpoint, by the way, it's very similar to the best rookie seasons he's ever had out of it. You know how encouraging that is? If you are a rookie and you perform for Andy Reid, you can just go ahead and pencil in that you're going to keep putting up numbers. Nobody's ever performed for Andy in a rookie year and then fell off. They've gotten better under him, but if you played for him and you were good early, you were good the whole time in your career. You're a 10-year pro, 12-year pro, who's a 1,000-yard wide receiver or close to what you were your rookie year the entire time that you're in the thing. I, what impressed me the most, and the reason why the answer is still Kelsey is, did you watch back through Baldy, uh, who does, like, Baldy breakdowns, yeah, right? Brian Baldinger. Baldinger. Brian Baldinger. He broke down multiple plays in which you can see Travis Kelsey pretty much pull an entire defense away from him on those crossing routes 
that have been so effective for Rasheed Rice. He just takes everyone the other way, and they have no answer for it. And he still could have had 100 yards himself if he just held onto the ball and had 70 or 80 himself, even with the drops he had. Very impressive performance from Travis Kelsey. He's still the most important player outside of Patrick Mahomes on offense. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different feel right now from where things were at a couple weeks ago. I do want to point out just a little update on the Royals-Jackson County Stadium. I'll just read you a tweet okay. uh, from? from Manny Abarca, okay. uh, who is on the Jackson County Legislature. We know today there's an expectation that a veto could happen. So let me just read his tweet. He says, a lot of speculation uh, brewing about the stadium. This is what I definitively know. Frank White can veto it up until 5 p.m. today and likely will do it as closest to five as possible, as he has done on every veto. So it could be. Does he veto a lot of stuff? Uh, Monday, he says, Monday, it sounds as if the eight votes who supported letting Jackson County and Missouri voters decide in April is changing. Six votes must override a veto, and I would be in support of letting voters decide what should happen in Jackson County with these teams. I can confirm basic terms in the form of a letter of intent, LOI, have been shared to the legislature and executive through the work of the sports authority. Progress towards a finalized lease since the initial vote on the 8th. More to come after 5 p.m. today. So that just reemphasizes what we kind of been discussing. Like, and it sounds like if you're wondering when it could happen, it could be 440, 430, 4 o'clock, whatever, where Frank White will veto it today. And then Monday, there's a vote, and Manny Abarca, who's on that legislature, is acknowledging that they don't have the votes anymore to override it. That's pretty much now, that what can saying. That can change come Monday. Um, but that's the serious nature of then what? And, it, and again, I do agree with him, which is pretty simply, let people in Jackson County decide if they like the stadium, the, the three-eighths in sales tax. Not, not Frank White. Let the people decide. That's a big but shift from He's going to veto it today. Yeah, and then everyone's going to have to spend the entire weekend lobbying for oh, that yeah. sixth vote. Politics going to be happening plenty behind the scenes. We'll see what deals get done. Now I'm incredibly nervous about this deal again and its ability to be on the April ballot, even though a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I thought, okay, they got an 8-1 approval. Even if Frank White vetoes this thing, we're good. And now Manny Abarca and others are casting uh, doubt on the fact that they might not have the votes. All right, coming up next, we chatted with Danon Hughes earlier today. He played in Buffalo back in 1994. He'll be on the call of the game Sunday night on the Chiefs radio network. We asked him what the Chiefs are in store for in Buffalo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back here on Cody and Gold. So earlier today, we chatted with former Chiefs wide receiver Danian Hughes. He, of course, will be in Buffalo on Sunday night for the Chiefs radio network. And you can listen all day long on Sunday, by the way. Dusty will be on early on Sunday morning, starting with a, like a special after-hours show. And then all day long, leading up to Chiefs pregame on 610 Sports Radio. The game itself over on 106.5 The Wolf. So we'll have you covered this weekend and, of course, on Red Monday, which hopefully will be a, a victory Monday. And we could be talking about an AFC title game for the Kansas City Chiefs for a sixth straight year. That's that's what we're hoping for. And we'll be talking stadium. I can promise you that on Monday with the way things, again, are trending with a potential veto happening later on this afternoon from Frank White. But Danian Hughes joined us, as I said earlier, and we started our conversation asking Danian about going to Buffalo and uh, him playing in Buffalo back in 1994. Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for uh, starting the show off on a positive note. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was... I think your defense should have had a better plan for Thurman Thomas. I'm just going to say it, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the way, I mean, the way he beat us up that game, yeah, we still owe him as well. So, yeah, yeah, that was was a rough, rough day in Chiefs history, rough day in my uh, personal history. I mean, the fact that that was my rookie season, and based on the, the, you know, when you get adopted into a culture like I did with uh, the Chiefs and Marty Schottenheimer and Carl Peterson and Lamar Hunt, you just assume that, okay, well, this is my rookie year. This is how we got here. We're going to be back. And lo and behold, we never got back to it, never won another playoff game after or prior to that throughout the rest of my career. So that was, it was tough sledding, but, you know, I feel like there's some retribution that we can have this weekend going back up there. I was looking at some YouTube clips and actually watched that game, the 94 AFC Championship game on YouTube. Uh, It was funny because I was pointing out to Josh Klingler and the rest of the radio crew that in that game, the first punt of the game was to me, and it was significantly shorter than even the average or near the average of the punter that day, and I short hopped it and scooped it up and ran for a few yards, uh, basically like a baseball slide and scooped it up. And I was showing my kids the other day too. And I was like, see, this, this is how close it could have been for you guys to, for us to have a whole different life. <laughs> and I misplayed that ball. We might not have had the same life and I definitely wouldn't be on the radio because that career would have been pretty darn short. So yeah, yeah tough, tough game. Yeah, no, no question. Now look, I know this was all the way back in, in 1994, but the way you're even talking, why'd like, you say, why'd you say all the well, way back like yeah, that? Like I'm yeah. old. Why'd well, I mean, say- I, I could have looked Dana, and I, I could have said I was three years old when that game was taking place. 
so I don't really remember the game uh, whatsoever. <laughs> I, I didn't know which way you wanted me. I didn't know which way you wanted me to go with it. But I feel I, I hearing you talk though, I get the sense that even though you're going to be in the booth on Sunday and not on the field playing in a game, like y- you feel like there's still a chance for like a little bit of you said retribution here if the Chiefs can go and and, and beat up on the Bills in their place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the emotions run high anyway. You have to recognize the matchup as it is. I mean, this is kind of like the the Joe Montana, Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, uh, John Elway, uh, the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning matchup. Everybody's tried to supplant Josh Allen with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, uh, maybe a little Lamar Jackson, even though we hadn't played them very much. But like in reality, when you have literally ended the season twice of the opponent, and it's always been a GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, we've played them during the regular season. The matchups have gone both ways. Like, how could you negate how huge this matchup is? And uh, even though there's been some critics as far as, well, Patrick hasn't won a game on the road. Well, he hasn't played on the road. That's obviously we know that. But how big would it be for his legacy, for his resume, to be able to say, you know what, checking another box. Like, here's just, it's just par for the course for us to be able to, to get to the AFC championship. And who knows, based on how things unfold on Saturday, maybe host a sixth straight AFC championship. But the task is going to be tough. And I remember coming out of that tunnel uh, up there in western New York and feeling like, this is a different atmosphere. And there's not that v- very many stadiums that I, I believe from a rabid standpoint and noise and in game impacting standpoint uh, that there is around the league, maybe Seattle. Uh, but Buffalo is a pretty close second to Arrowhead Stadium. So it's going to be different than what we've experienced. When I look at this Buffalo built team, it's not way different than the ones they've faced in the past, except for a few of these guys has gotten a little bit older. I mean, I think the chiefs top in talent is just better. Dana. And I feel like that might be the reason why I'm feeling like the chiefs have a good shot in this game is when I go back through, I feel like the chiefs have gotten deeper and they've gotten more great play out of more players over the last year, especially on defense. And I don't see that same thing for the bills. They seem like the same team they were before they started winning six games in a row. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I do believe that we have much more confidence right now than maybe we had back then. There were more question marks uh, with this team. We had the injuries to Drew Tranquil, had the injury to Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Nick Bolton was, you know, just kind of still uh, recovering, I believe, from the wrist injury, if I remember correctly. Um, So there were some question marks as far as what team we were fielding. But here's the thing that you have to understand. In this matchup, Buffalo, they're going to come out like they're going to have half the game or a quarter of the game played emotionally before kickoff. Like because of what the dynamic that they've had to experience. Everybody, nobody forgets Stephon Diggs standing at the corner of the end zone watching the celebration when we went to that Super Bowl uh, and, and he had to watch that. And the ejection that he had uh, in his body, the sadness that they, they experienced on the sideline and in the locker room and in the long flight home. And then to have to come back and experience that again, getting ousted in the playoffs with 13 seconds left when they were 
single fingering, saluting our fans and talking trash and all that stuff. And then to have that dejection happen, like there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. And, and we talked about last week with the Colts a game in 96 because we were talking about the weather and the factor. But uh, to tell you the truth, the most emotional game that I ever played was the next season, the 96 regular season when we played the Colts again. And I felt like after the first kickoff, like I was drained because leading up to the game, because of the emotional low that happened in the playoffs, uh, the regular season game, like I felt like my emotions, I couldn't control them. Like I was so angry, so upset. And I feel like when you talk about the veterans there, that's what they feel. They don't have the rookies there that don't know any better, that hadn't experienced any, any loss like that. They, they, for the, for the new guys on that team, they beat the Chiefs in the regular season. Uh, but the veterans, you got to be careful that they can spend their entire energy and, and, and you know, start to, to reel back in the second quarter and the third quarter because all of the emotion that it's going to take to take the field. Dane and Hughes joining us here on Cody and Gold. Of course, he'll be on the call Sunday night on the Chiefs radio network over on 106.5 The Wolf along with Mitch Holtis, Dan Israel, and Josh Klingler. Are you confident in both these tackles for the Chiefs going into this game? It looks like it, it's likely to be Donovan Smith again, although Wanya Morris was working himself back into practice, which is obviously nice to see. But, you know, the Dolphins, I didn't feel like had the, the personnel to, to really do much uh, against the tackles, even if, even if they wanted to, per se. Um, the Bills have a guy in the middle there uh, that is capable, and Ed Oliver and, and Rousseau also. Are you feeling all right about these tackles? I'm a little concerned heading into this game. Uh, I don't feel any more concerned than I have for most of the season. I think when you, when you face top-tier rushers, uh, defenders like they have, then there's always going to be justified concern. And it's not an indictment on Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith. I think just around the league, there's so much athleticism from those defensive ends and outside linebackers and even some of the deep tackles, like you said with Ed Oliver, that you should be concerned because one – deflected pass. Heck, that, that was the difference maker in the first game when Epinesa deflected the pass and intercepted it. I believe we were in the red zone or at least marching to the red zone. And uh, that changed a little bit of the momentum that we had in that game. And we wind up losing by one possession. So when you have those kind of guys, Von Miller back, he looked like when the game kind of got into a predictable phase last week against the Steelers, you know, they were pinning their ears back. Rousseau to me, is the most dangerous guy. And I know he doesn't have the, the, the huge numbers as a lot of pass rushing ends as the Max Crosby's and others, but he's an impactful guy. He's long. He gets up and he gets his arms up in those throwing lanes and then anything can happen. So uh, I don't feel like we're at a deficit with our tackles or anything in our offensive line. I feel like for the most part, I'd match our offensive lineup against any other offensive line in the NFL. Uh, as far as consistency, especially when you add in the mobility of Patrick, uh, we just got to be prepared. I, I do know this. There's going to be a game plan in how they rush Patrick. They're not going to allow him or try. They will try not to allow him to, to scamper with his legs to get those extra yards like he seems to have a knack to do, especially in the postseason. Uh, they're going to line up wide on the outside. Trust me when I tell you, you're going to hear – the wide nine technique. That's what you're going to hear a lot of during the broadcast. Wide nine technique. 
rushing wide and challenging the tackles to get depth and get out against the speed of those guys on the outside and then force Patrick to step up in the pocket more so to throw the ball when we know that he likes to throw on the run, whether he's running left or right. So they got a game plan. They're going to try to execute it, but it's going to, it's going to be a tough, tough load. Uh, It's going to be a hostile environment. The noise factor guys is going to be huge. I don't think we've played in an environment that's going to be as loud as what we're going to face up in Buffalo. And hopefully those tackles and the communication is top shelf. Dana, other than quarterback, Travis Kelsey's been the most important player for this offense for almost a decade now. How close is Rasheed Rice to matching his level of importance for this year's offense? Oh, I think he's extremely close. And part of the reason is because we haven't had the complement to that. Uh, you think about last year with Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS coming through in the clutch during the playoffs when Juju was down, and they always seemed to be the one other guy, the times where Sky Moore was able to make some plays and McCall Hardman was able to make some plays, Justin Watson as well. We haven't really had that uh, on a consistent level this year. So when you're talking about the threat, we're dialing back from last year when Patrick would average uh, completing to 10 different receivers in a game to now we know that the ball is going to either go towards Rashid, towards Travis, or maybe to someone else. And that's different than what we've experienced in the past. So I feel like, you know, the emergence, we've been asking about a number one receiver. We've been asking uh, who's going to step up. I don't know if everybody expected a rookie to step up the way he has, but he has definitely undeniably been the number one receiver pretty much since the bye week and since we left Germany. Uh, And he's playing to that clip. He hasn't, it hasn't looked like the, uh, the, the, the stage has been too big for him. It hasn't looked like he's played like a rookie. He's playing like a veteran, and I expect them to continue to lean on him and such. I know it looks way easier to all of us at home, but also, you know, these guys are wide receivers are in the NFL. When it comes to tracking the football, that was a big story for McCall Hardman, I guess, throughout his career, but certainly was even last week where they've been able to get some guys open on these deep shots. It's either drops from MVS or for McColl just struggles to track the ball. You played in the league. So tell me like what, what, what's going on there with McCall Hardman, where it seems like they were so close. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. I was always taught and part of it was my baseball background. Get dirty, go for the ball, put everything into it. Uh, your natural body lean. Now McCall Hardman is obviously significantly faster than I was when I was a player. But if you think about a a runner, uh, a sprinter, their bodies have a natural lean forward, right? So like even for me, when I played baseball, I would always head first slide. Now some people say, you know what, you shouldn't head first slide, you can get injured, whatever. But I always felt like because your natural body lean is forward, your body going forward and sliding is going to be natural as well. Uh, and so that when you're running routes, if your natural body lean is forward and the ball seems like it's past the outstretched arm, you can dive for it. And we've seen that with Keenan Allen. We've seen that with Devontae Adams. We've seen that with the best receivers in the game where there were times where they have to dive for the ball. I haven't seen that from McCole Hardman. And I wonder if it's something that – I don't know if it's something that he's, he's not been taught. I don't know if it's something that he doesn't believe in. There is a school of thought that receivers 
should run through the ball. I've heard coaches say that, just run full speed through the ball and then have late hands to the ball. Well, I, I, I think it's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen in the other in regards to the, to the mindset. But I know from a player's perspective, like I want to see my guys get dirty. I want, to see, I, want to, I want it to look like you have given 110% on every ball that's thrown your way whether it's to die for a ball or whether it's to, to not uh, allow an interception or to we've seen Justin Watson sliding on the sideline. I mean, we basically were able to stay in games and win games because of his catches on the sideline. And he's, he's sliding, he's diving, he's giving that extra effort. So I, don't, I just don't know the school of thought going through the mind of McCall. I just know from my perspective, like, 110% is 110%, and usually it requires you getting dirty, possibly getting bloody, uh, possibly getting injured, and I know the players appreciate that. All right, tonight, players only coming up after the drive. What do you got planned? Yeah, we got Kendall Gammon coming in, so another special teams guy, incredible career, was on the broadcast with Mitch and Dan prior to uh, me taking over four years ago. Kendall and I go way back. Not only have I known him for years, but I actually played with Kendall back when I was with the Saints before I retired in 99. So I've known him since 99. A uh, great friend. He's part of the Chiefs Ambassadors as well. We're going to have a good time on air. All right, that's tonight. That's Dane and Hughes earlier with us today. So tonight, players only. Dane and Hughes right after the drive. I want to get a good player's perspective on the Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills. How about that story? He was, I was laughing again when I heard it because at the beginning he mentioned – how he was watching a YouTube clip, or not a clip, but the whole game of the 94 uh, game where, of course, the Chiefs lost in Buffalo. But he was a rookie, and he, he was talking about that return. He's like, And he said he was showing his kids. He's like, hey, you know, basically, if I would have fumbled that punt return, I might not have been in the NFL as long as I was. He's like, our whole life might have been way different. And he's like, I sure as heck wouldn't have been on the Chiefs radio network if I was known as the guy that fumbled in that spot. That was pretty funny. I mean, that's actually kind of fair. You're a rookie in a <laughs> playoff right, game, though. and you're that's short what, hopping up. That's what happens, though. If you screw it up. When you're – Especially if you're not like a first round pick, we've that's, talked well, about that's this what he's before. saying. Yeah, yeah like he like, was he was just a rookie and trying to prove himself and all that. But I appreciate his perspective on what the the Chiefs are in for up in Buffalo. He he said he thinks it's maybe the second best atmosphere outside of Arrowhead in football. There were also some people taking a little bit of offense to what Mike Shope said earlier, where he said the Chiefs just no showed in those games against the Bills in the nineties. It's like, well, one of those yeah. Joe Montana got knocked out because of a big hit, and Craig had to throw thirty passes. Yeah. In the second half of that game, that is a little bit different. I don't think they know showed that. And then one. how about the stuff on catching? You know that I asked him about tracking the ball, and he's like, you know, run, you know, the idea of running through it, but also fighting for the ball. It's weird because on MVS, we we have said, you know, sometimes he leaves his feet and he dives when you just kept, could have run through it. Versus be physical, be tall he, like you are. McCall Hardman struggles to track the ball, and you wonder if he gets the PI call if he's a little more physical. Yeah. going up for the catch. Um, I still think they're going to try. I, I still think. We're going to get one more opportunity on Sunday night uh, for McCall Hardman to catch a deep pass. And, and that's why we'll have our bets tomorrow on the show. There's a couple of bets I actually like for McCall. Um, maybe I haven't looked at his lines yet. I'm not, I'm not against it. The point is, is the same as like, he's now the new MVS, except sometimes McCall will catch a pass short, except but they are yeah, the, using him in the dude, deep passing game. Sometimes you get the touch pass though. Oh. And he can, he, it's a touch pass. He gets 12 yards, you know? And all of a sudden, by the way, his longest reception is 11 and a half over under. I love it. And his receiving total six is, uh, is 12 and a half. McColl has it disappointed enough this year that I'm not unwilling to try him again versus MVS where they gave him 15 solid games of trying to be that 
guy for the Chiefs again like he was last year, and it's never happened that way. I still think part of it is not – I'll give McCole a little bit – some of it is definitely his fault, and he's definitely regressed in a huge way. Some of it is the way that the Chiefs eventually have been played because there was no deep passing game, and because the tackles had struggled, they hadn't been able to run as many of those routes. That's yeah, a part yeah. of it. But, I mean, any more – I love that at least we know. Throw it to Rice a bunch. Throw it to Kelsey a bunch. Hand it off to Pacheco a bunch. And then take your three to five shots over the course of the entire game at the other guys. At this point, I'm not going to find you who they are. If it's McColl, cool. If it's MVS, whatever. If it's Richie James, neat. Thanks to Mike Shope in Buffalo for joining us. Thanks to Mina Kimes of ESPN for joining us earlier. If you missed that interview, as always, up on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Back at it tomorrow on a red Friday. Hopefully not our last one of the year. I don't think it's going to be, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Pete Sweeney going to join us. We'll also have Harold Kuntz from Fox 4 for a Club 610. He'll be joining us as uh, Rob Collins actually head out to Buffalo. So we'll have Harold in studio with us. And uh, we'll see if Drew's back with us tomorrow, although my suspicions are he's probably not feeling great. So we might, have, we might have JT. Good stuff again, man. JT producing the show today. Talk to you guys then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.